Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. Soon after the current Israeli government entered office, more than five months ago, President Recep Tayyip Erdogan decided to change course in the relations between Ankara and Jerusalem. He signaled it by calling Israeli President Yitzhak Herzog, who has no policy-making role, and at the same time cautiously checking whether key decision-makers would be receptive to warming frozen political ties. That move did not seem to bear fruit, however. But when a couple of Israeli tourists were arrested on a mistaken suspicion of espionage, the scene was set for a gesture reconnecting Turkey and Israel on the highest level. What are the probable implications of this event, which started innocently enough and was then turned into a new chapter in the turbulent history of Erdogan's strategy vis-à-vis Israel? To analyze it, we're joined here from Istanbul, Turkey, by Mr. Yusuf Erim, who is TRT World's editor-at-large. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thanks for having me. Also joining us from central Israel is Dr. Chaitan Konyan Arochak, who is a research fellow at the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, as well as the Moshe Dayan Center at Tel Aviv University. Thank you for joining us as well, sir. Thank you for having me. Indeed, and with us here in the studio is our TV7 editor-at-large, host of Watchmen Talk and Powers in Play, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a more informative update on where are things currently standing between Ankara and Jerusalem. Well, Jonathan, uh, it is uh, a rare event where cliches turn out to be right. And the old cliche about uh, every crisis being also an opportunity turned out uh, in this case uh, to have a lot of uh, promise for the Turkish-Israeli relationship. Indeed, it did start out as a sort of a comedy of errors or tragedy of errors for the couple involved. And uh, it is uh, quite understandable that uh, in a nation such as Turkey, with its history of coups and um, with uh, President Erdogan's style of government, people um, from a local policeman to a waiter to a tourist guide would rather err on the side of caution. And they reported uh, this innocent couple to the authorities, and uh, this started a week and a half of uh, tension between Jerusalem and Ankara. But uh, it was all for the better, because um, uh, rather than uh, keep freezing the relationship, uh, there is now an opening, perhaps a thaw in uh, the relationship, even though the uh, Turkish government understands uh, full well that um, in the uh, 18 or 19 years or so uh, of uh, more and more tense relations, Israel found other partners in the region, Greece, Turkey, others. The situation not only on the ground, but also in the sea has changed with energy and other considerations. But nevertheless, even if relations are not uh, going to go back to pre-Erdogan days, the fact that there is a new government in Israel, that most of the problems occurred during the Netanyahu regime, 
even though not all of them because of Netanyahu. But nevertheless, in the 12 years, we had the Mavi Marmara, we had the um, Erdogan-Paris exchange, we had several incidents. Now uh, the, sign, the time seems opportune for a rewarming of relations. Indeed, with plenty of challenges to this unique relationship pre-2004, of course, uh, Israel-Turkey relations uh, were described as strategic partnership with significant uh, consequences to regional developments. Mr. Erim, when we're looking at the two phone conversations that were held, uh, respectively, between President Erdogan and Prime Minister Naftali Bennett here in Israel, and then subsequently to that, a phone conversation between the Turkish leader and his Israeli counterpart, Yitzhak Herzog, uh, we saw very warm statements coming out of Ankara and more cautious statements, even though quite warm, uh, all things considered, coming out from Jerusalem with regard to intentions. Now, uh, when we see uh, the, the statement, the presidential statement from Ankara coming out, uh, President Erdogan actually referred to Turkey-Israel relations as of strategic importance to regional peace, stability, and uh, prosperity, something that, of course, was uh, not even within uh, the dictionary, if you will, in recent years, considering the, the chill relations between the two countries, uh, which that is, of course, an understatement. Well, first of all, the foreign ministry of both countries need to be congratulated for their cool, calm, collective, uh, collected and pragmatic attitude towards this whole affair because uh, it could have very easily spiraled out of control, turned into a much more public spectacle uh, with finger pointing and accusations. And it could have gotten ugly, but uh, both sides are very, very experienced and uh, they went about their affairs in a cool, calm way, keeping the channels of diplomacy open. And uh, we see now something that should have been a negative situation turning into a positive situation uh, with two top-level phone calls in between both countries. Now, uh, as you stated, the Turkish president talking about uh, Israel-Turkey relations being uh, paramount for regional security and stability, I, I think there's definitely a changing understanding in the Middle East, not only uh, from a Turkish perspective, but I think uh, a changing dynamic and a changing understanding as a whole. And we're seeing this uh, unfold right now uh, in slow motion, maybe even uh, a little quicker. Fast forward, we've seen uh, in recent days, uh, the Turkish foreign minister go to Lebanon, go to Iran, the Bahraini foreign minister come to Turkey, uh, the MBZ, uh, the Abu Dhabi crown prince, Mohammed bin Zayed is uh, also uh, in, uh, has arrived in Ankara as well. So these are very, very important meetings. And I think the general understanding that there's going to be less U.S. engagement going forward, uh, the general understanding that uh, there will most likely be a return to the Iran nuclear deal, the understanding that Iran has capabilities of being able to strike uh, a very important facility like Aramco from thousands of kilometers away, many countries watching the U.S. withdraw from Afghanistan and seeing the Taliban take over and uh, seeing the ensuing chaos uh, has left many of these regional actors with the understanding that when left to their own devices, they need to make newer security arrangements 
and new partnerships going forward. And I think that's the understanding in Ankara, that's the understanding in Abu Dhabi, and uh, that could quite possibly be the understanding in Israel and other countries as well. Indeed. Dr. Konya Rochak, what is your perception on this? Well, first of all, I would like to tell you that um, from my perspective, every cloud has a silver lining, meaning that uh, despite the fact that we have experienced such a negative, uh, such a negative uh, thing, at the end, uh, I'm also glad that the Israeli tourists uh, were released. But uh, I uh, disagree with with Mr. Erim uh, regarding congratulating the uh, ministries of foreign affairs. I think uh, the real thanks uh, should go to the intelligence agency. Uh, in Israel, we already have seen that uh, Yediot Achronot made this uh, uh, very important uh, news. I mean, uh, we could hear from them that uh, the Mossad had uh, David Barnea had to intervene uh, in that affair. And only thanks to his intervention, uh, the Israeli couple, uh, in, I mean, the, the Israeli couple released. And from my perspective, uh, this particular case, uh, unfortunately, uh, from my understanding, was used as a as a trump card against the Israeli Mossad. Uh, approximately a month ago, we all uh, happened to see that uh, in Turkey there was an affair called the Mossad affair, where uh, 15 men were accused for spying uh, for the Israeli Mossad. And uh, later than that, Turkey uh, basically asked for some uh, explanations. Israel uh, ignored. And uh, as a result, what I understand from this current affair, that the Turkish authorities seized the opportunity of the custody of the Turkish, uh, of the Israeli tourists, and uh, they basically dragged uh, the Israeli intelligence agency to the negotiating table. So from my perspective, what we have seen here, that uh, there were some, as far as I understand, uh, undeclared negotiations between uh, the two uh, intelligence agencies, and uh, according to their um, understandings, uh, the, uh, the Israeli tourists were released. And uh, of course, later than that, uh, the Prime Minister of Israel and the President of Israel phoned uh, Mr. Erdogan in order to open a new page. Uh, but I'm again uh, very much skeptical uh, regarding this new page because um, I wish that we would we could speak about a normalization uh, and we could uh, we could build this normalization onto something positive and not onto uh, a, a mistrust between the two countries. I believe uh, we can reach the genuine normalization between the two countries only if we will see a genuine uh, change in the Turkish foreign policy. Uh, from the Israeli perspective, we would like to see uh, that Turkey uh, should uh, distant should uh, basically. Uh, get rid of uh, the Hamas uh, in Turkey, and uh, other, and only then I believe that uh, there would be a, a real normalization between the two countries. Well, uh, we were amongst the first, if not the first, to report on that conversation between Akanfidan and Barnea. Uh, <coughs> uh, and I'd like to hear from you, Mr. Olin, when we're talking about specifically uh, whether this was truly an innocent affair or an orchestrated affair people seize the opportunities out of any situation. What can you tell us about that? And how should we look at this situation at this stage? Well, the more you know the world, the organizations, the countries, the decision-making process, 
the more you know that conspiracies usually have no place. It's bumbling. People uh, are doing uh, things uh, because they are in the dark. They are afraid of the supervisors. And one should not see it as a plot. It was neither a plot by Israel uh, to disguise two bus drivers or to disguise two spies as bus drivers, and uh, nor uh, a plot by the Turkish authorities to capture them in order to release them. Now, two points, style and substance. The first uh, uh, several years after Turkey and Israel <laughs> fell apart, they were undergoing a very ugly divorce. And uh, as is usual in most such cases, Emotions ran high. Now, enough time uh, has elapsed that the relationship can go back to being somewhat friendly without the parties remarry each other. They will always be my ex, not my wife now remarried, but nevertheless, there's a, a, a place for civility in the relationship. Now, as for substance... President Erdogan, up to now, has not been known for generosity or magnanimity. And one would expect that even though he said that uh, he has released or he let the judicial authorities release the couple, among other things, because of a humanitarian consideration, the five-year-old son with special needs, there will be soon enough, a request for a humanitarian gesture on the part of Israel. For instance, letting some medicine or materiel into Gaza for the population, which Israel in the past has allowed, but only through its own port in Ashdod. The, the uh, real uh, problem between the countries was that, was that Erdogan insisted on transporting whatever he sent to, to Gaza directly, not going through an Israeli checkpoint. And they will find a formula, a humanitarian gesture for a humanitarian gesture, which will give Erdogan the uh, achievement of appearing as a patron of the population in Gaza, not necessarily the Hamas regime there, and Israel would use it in order to improve relations. So what is unique here? Because this humanitarian gesture for humanitarian gesture has also taken place between Israel and Lebanon, Israel and Syria, other countries around the region within uh, the context of countries that do not have uh, normalized relations with Israel or are even enemy states. What is so special no. to this situation? In Lebanon and in Syria, Israel has directly helped the population. In Syria, due to the civil war, thousands of inhabitants came to the border in order to get medicine, hospitalization, and such. I'm speaking Let more specifically about the exchange of prisoners for humanitarian uh, reasons that occurred between Israel and Syria just not recently ago. Well, th this is minor. This is uh, probably because the Russians uh, asked Israel uh, to do it. Uh, uh, there is no improvement in the relationship between Israel or J Jerusalem and Damascus, even though for uh, Israeli strategic considerations, 
Bashar Assad is better than the alternatives. And Israel has told the Russians that it will not try to topple Assad. But with Turkey, the third party, the Palestinian population is going to be helped, and this is in Israel's national interest as well. So it's a win-win situation. Indeed. But with that being said, in the phone conversation between President Erdogan and uh, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, one of the points that were highlighted in, the, in that conversation and, and something that uh, people in the know have unveiled to us is that uh, when President Erdogan raised the subject of the Palestinians, Prime Minister Bennett uh, dissuaded or refused to to answer uh, directly, uh, something that indicates that Israel is not very keen on making the Palestinians as the key ingredient for the improvement of relations between Ankara and Jerusalem. Mr. Arim, how do you view that? Well, I think maybe it might be a little too early. I think more confidence-building measures are definitely needed before... uh, thorny issues are tackled, then uh, the Palestinian issue is something that could be uh, compartmentalized or maybe carried more to a multi-platform level rather than talking on a bilateral level. Now, when the new Israeli government came in, one of the things that uh, we said on previous program was uh, that they were a new page, a new participant at the table. But I think the recent dynamics, uh, the changing dynamics of the region, is not only a new participant at the table, a new table has been set uh, for both parties to be able to sit down and talk about, uh, whether it be the changing dynamics in Syria, as we mentioned, uh, changing dynamics in the region, the uh, general view that there's going to be less U.S. engagement. Uh, When we look at the next 10 years, the next 20 years, uh, the amount of American engagement today will always be more than the amount of American engagement in the next two decades, uh, seeing as it, it, it it's expected to wind down. And this is the general perception. So uh, there is a lot of bilateral interests between Israel and Turkey that can be talked about. And especially early on in this uh, rapprochement process, if this is going to be a viable and sustainable process, it's probably smarter to work towards strengths than rather than begin and tackle uh, very, very thorny subjects because uh, there are thorny subjects on both sides. Ta- side, uh, ta- uh, there's subjects that Turkey wants to tackle that are thorny, and there's going to be subjects that Israel wants to tackle that are thorny as well. But uh, I do think that uh, bringing up the Hamas issue with Bennett uh, was a test that uh, was a test of the parameters of what would be talked about uh, if a top-level meeting were to take place in the future. And uh, I think that Bennett stepping away from that issue has set the understanding that uh, the Palestine issue for now is off the table. Uh, and I think the understanding in Ankara is if they want to move forward, that uh, other other issues that are bilaterally easier to sit down and discuss would have to be an opening for this type of initial meeting. Indeed. Let, let me interject for a second. When, when Yusuf talks about Palestine and Hamas, they are not uh, one and the same. Uh, Bennett, Bennett, for his domestic political reasons, doesn't want any rapprochement with Mahmoud Abbas, with uh, the uh, uh, Palestinian Authority president who controls Fatah. Um, Erdogan uh, tries to uh, improve the lot of his counterparts in Hamas. Hamas, of course, is the enemy of Mahmoud Abbas and the Egyptians, because uh, Sisi is against the Muslim uh, Brotherhood, 
uh, is also more in line with Israel and the Palestinian Authority. So uh, Erdogan doesn't seem right now to care about the Palestinian community in general, but more about his uh, ideological brethren in Gaza. And, and for Bennett, none of them, Hamas, PA, none of them right now are on his plate because he is afraid of Netanyahu. Indeed. I'd like to hear, though, Dr. Koinyan-Arochak, also from your perspective, but beyond that, to what degree we hear in Jerusalem plenty of, of senior officials who are communicating behind closed doors about, of course, there are concerns with regard to Turkey, and uh, at the same time, there are significant considerations with the fact that Turkey is a strategic player in this region. It is a significant player in this region that is not going away anytime soon. Sure. So how does Israel actually deal with such a situation where there's an o open opportunity for a rapprochement possibly, but at the same time, there are also other actors in the region, some of which are indicating their will, including Gulf Arab mm -hmm. states on rapprochement with Turkey for their own interests, but also sure. other actors, including Cyprus and Greece, that are more concerned about the situation and do not necessarily review this situation in favor if Jerusalem were to improve its relations with Ankara. First of all, I think that we should acknowledge the importance of Turkey uh, as a regional player. Uh, Israel and Turkey, uh, they basically established their relations in uh, 1949. And in order to have uh, proper diplomatic relations with Turkey, Israel did not sign a peace treaty. This is very important. I mean, we all speak about the Abraham Accords or Jordan or with Egypt, but for but with Turkey, we, uh, we did not have to sign a peace treaty. And I think uh, we should not forget that. Besides that, uh, as one of the most important countries uh, in the region with its geostrategic uh, importance, Turkey is very significant for Israel's national security. And we have no interest uh, turning this powerful country as an enemy of the state of Israel. So first of all, I would like to put this fact on the ground, okay? But besides that, uh, Turkey also has to understand a new reality in the Middle East. Uh, Israel is not the same Israel that it was in 1948. We are not an isolated country anymore. We have new friends in the new, in the neighborhood. Uh, our new friends are, um, you know, United Arab Emirates. Maybe it's not declared, but the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, they opened this new air corridor for us, uh, which should not be taken for granted. And besides that, Greece, Cyprus, and even Egypt. So, um, these, uh, this is a new fact on the ground, and Israeli position, I mean, Israel is stronger than ever. So also the Turkish, uh, Turk, also the Turkish decision makers have to internalize this fact and act accordingly. We will not run to the arms of the Turk, uh, we, will, we will not run towards the arms uh, of the Turkish decision makers as we did in the past whenever they wanted. So today Israel has alternatives, and uh, that's why now we are in a position that we can ask something uh, in return. What we are asking is, uh, from my perspective, is very logic, very legitimate. Turkey should distance itself from the Hamas terrorist organization. And um, I also would like to mention that we also have to make it very clear to our Greek and Cypriot friends that our rapprochement with Turkey will not come at the expense of our relations with them. 
Okay, so uh, uh, we can uh, basically coexist uh, together with uh, with uh, normal relations, also with uh, the Cypriots, with the Greeks, with the Egyptians, and at the same time with the Turks. Uh, uh, so, besides that, I also would like to mention another issue uh, regarding the phone call between Erdogan uh, and Bennett. If you may, in I one think, sentence. Yes, only one sentence. I, I think that Mr. Bennett doesn't want to uh, uh, give Turkey the role of, the historical role of Egypt. Uh, Israel would like to see Egypt as the mediator between Hamas uh, and Israel, and that is why I think Another reason uh, why uh, Mr. Bennett is not uh, thinking the Turkish option in that equation. Mr. Owen, we're drawing near to the end of the program, and unfortunately there is plenty of what to talk about when it comes to Israel-Turkey relations. But one of the points that I think that are very important, and uh, Mr. Arim did mention uh, very briefly in his opening remarks regarding Mevlucu Vushiglu, the foreign minister of Turkey, traveling to Iran, Lebanon, and other countries in the region, uh, and holding separate meetings also with MBZ and, and others. With regard to Iran, Turkey is one of the only actors in this region, that when it comes to its rivalry with Iran, it does not shy away from potentially putting Iran in its place. We could see that in the uh, relations between Turkey and Azerbaijan when they established a joint maneuver to counter the Iranian maneuver in northern Iran, something that Israel has taken clear note of and realized that, of course, Azerbaijan being a close ally of Israel proper, uh, there is a lot of uh, coordinated understandings between Ankara and Jerusalem when it comes to the security establishment. Will we see more of that in the coming years uh, or in the coming months, for that matter, that would then establish stronger foundations for potential rapprochement? When there are common interests, then there is interface rather than friction. And of course, it's uh, a good development uh, when Israel gets wind of uh, PKK terrorists, it tells the Turks, um, gives them an alert. Now, uh, for several years, Israel wanted very much to take part in NATO operations. NATO meaning UCOM, the European Command, and the Turks have blocked Israeli participation in common endeavor and other projects until part of the Mavi Marmara formula was to stop this uh, veto, because NATO is a consensus-based alliance, a, Na a Turkish veto uh, could uh, torpedo Israeli participation. Now, with Israel's move to CENTCOM, Israel is more central, that is, Asian-oriented, rather than European. So it removed a friction point from the Turkish-Israeli relations. Indeed. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today. We will have to re-invite our guests for yet another panel in the near future to continue discussing those joint strategic interests from uh, Ankara and Jerusalem perspectives. But until then, I'd like to thank Mr. Rim, Dr. Konya Narochak, and Mr. Oren for being part of today's panel, and I'd like to thank our viewers as well, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.